This is the Partnership for the Arts Talk Show, where we talk art. Welcome, everyone, to Where We Talk Art, a podcast by the Partnership for the Arts Group, recorded at the Visual Arts Center, Punta Gorda, Florida. And this is your host, Victor Gardner. You are hearing in the background an original musical theme. That is not the usual theme we have here where Where We Talk Art. This is a sample of the theme music from Dimensions, Volume 1, Midpoint, The Gathering a graphic novel written by Dave Bice. All of our regular listeners know Dave relocated back to Birmingham and who will be in the studio in just a few minutes. We'll be right back after this message to talk with Dave Bice about his recent release of Dimensions Volume 1, Midpoint, The Gathering. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us. As we explore the world of art. You can find us on our Facebook page at Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find us on our new website at pftatalkshow.org. PFTA Talk Show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Awesome. All right. Welcome back to Where We Talk Art, and welcome Dave Bice. Welcome, resuming back and forth with one another. Right. It's, o- it's almost as if you're in person. You're inches <laughs> away. And and Dave, you you're such an interesting person. You've got so many things that that you do. You're a very intelligent, gifted, creative person, high energy person. I don't know how you find time to do all of the things that you do. Well, you know, Victor, it's like my wife Mary says, I don't seem to understand what retirement means. <laughs> One of the things you have recently done is released your first graphic novel. That's right. That's I right. In my hands, titled Dimensions, Volume One, Midpoint, The Gathering. And then it also says on the side, The Harbinger, Saga Begins Here. Right. I've read your newly released graphic novel. This is a comprehensive book, including four chapters, an epilogue, character bios, a gallery of original slash vintage. We'll talk about that why it's vintage in a little while, plus variant covers. Okay. Well, before I get started on that, I want to say the other exciting news at the PFTA group is that you have taken that seat, the host seat, for us to continue the shows that we started down there in, in Florida. <laughs> you know, Victor, as long as we have been doing this show, we really have just begun to explore the worlds of art uh, with interviewing people locally and around the world. So again, thank you for that and, and welcome on board. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm, I'm honored to be in this spot. And as I've said before, you have big shoes to fill. And, Clown uh, shoes. And, <laughs> and uh, I, 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 I could be a clown. 
I, I you know, I, I told you once before that after I heard your first podcast, I was thinking, you know, you know, it was very, very well done. And now I'm sitting in the host seat. <laughs> happy surprise. We're all happy about that, Victor. So, Dave, there are some other things that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. There are a variety of things that we could talk about, person. You've got so many irons in the fire. So do you want to talk about your book? Sure. So I understand that this graphic novel was a long time in the coming. <laughs> Emphasis yes. on long time coming. That's a story in itself. So, so tell us about that. The question you asked about taking a long time. Yes. That's true. It's, uh, it's 40 years plus in the making. Oh, I thought it was a long time. That's <laughs> <laughs> To me, that's been a long time. Yeah, that uh, is a long time, Dave. Yes, yeah. But that's because, you know, you didn't have the options or the technology like you do today to get something self-published. So that's one of the reasons. And plus, I was working full time and, and, and life moved on and I got married and all that kind of stuff. So I really didn't get a chance to work on it seriously until till I retired and, uh, and actually got down to Punta Gorda where the chain of events worked out where it was possible to get that and get the technology to, to do the book. Hmm. Very good. Ah. Well, I'm sure you had a lot of support from your lovely wife, Mary. Yes, yes. Uh, Mary always has said to me, even uh, when, I, when I first met her and I had shown her some of the artwork and she said, this is what you need to be doing. This is what you should be doing. You know, I didn't listen to her. <laughs> this? <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's great encouragement as opposed to thinking, you can't waste your time doing this. <laughs> well, that's... That's what went on in my head. You know, I had to have a real job. I know. I know what you're saying. Well, you know, I, I want to make a comment about your, your book. Mm-hmm. So for the listeners, the genre is sci-fi. Sci-fi mystery. Uh-huh. Right. And, and with beings from different dimensions. Yes. And, and they appear, well, they're going to appear in the story, but of all places, in a very small place called St. Royal, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why did you pick uh, this, this kind of unknown place, unknown to me, uh, <laughs> for the story? Well, Victor, there's a good reason that you and uh, most people don't recognize St. Royal, Missouri, because St. Royal, Missouri is completely fictional. It's a made-up town. Uh, it, it just wasn't my lack of yeah. geography skills. Yeah. Okay. And it's centered around the basis of the book and, and the events that happen in, in volume one. It takes place in St. Royal, Missouri on a river town. And it's during 1993, which was the largest flooding in, in the Midwest in United States history. Certainly the most expensive. The total flood, 93, lasted up to 200 days. And affected nine states. So severe flooding. And I based St. Royal, Missouri, on the town I lived in at that time in St. Charles, Missouri. So I kind of used that as the basis for the story, came up with St. Royal. And the reason for that is some of the timeline isn't exact as what actually happened. 
St. Royal. Everybody evacuated the town because it flooded. St. Charles did not. The people decided to stay and fight the flood day to day, on and on. Very, very, very uh, courageous people. In the story, we, we had people leaving, and we didn't think that was fair to St. Charles. So we, we came up with St. Royal. I said it there again for, for the fact that we really thought it was a great way to make the story move along because the flooding does also come into play through the books. Right. It works. Mm. And, and in the beginning of the story, right, right off the bat, we, we meet the, the main character. And she's a young woman. She's very confused. Well, what, what's going on with her? Why, why is she so confused? What, what's, what's happening in her life? Okay, so now, Victor, you have promised me you were going to read the back cover of the book. So I think this is a perfect time for that because it really sets the precedence for the whole story. Sure, why not? <laughs> There you go. I want to read for you the back cover of David Bice's new graphic novel, Dimensions, Volume 1, Midpoint, The Gathering. One chilly October night, a young woman's concept of reality begins to shatter in a wake of bizarre and devastating events. Then a mysterious stranger appears, warning her of the responsibility she must now face in this very different and dangerous emerging world. As realities of these dimensions collide, she discovers that there are opposing forces attempting to control her life as she comes to terms with who she is, her unique past, the power she possesses, and the expectations of her future. <laughs> I, love, I love the way you cued the music in. Thank you. <laughs> okay, you want to get to uh, you want to get back to the book. <laughs> Let's start with chapter one. Sure. Okay, so chapter one, we are introduced to Nikki Nicole, the main character, Victor, as you mentioned, and we find her in the first of many, many bizarre and mysterious events that that happens through the book, because as mentioned, it is a science fiction mystery. So I'll try not to give too much of that mystery away. So we find out uh, through chains of events uh, and her recalling what has happened over the last few days. She wakes up in a hospital with no memory of anything before that moment there. And she comes to realize she doesn't even know who she is. Yes. Then it's two days later. Halloween morning, early Halloween morning, and she finds herself again in the same kind of situation. Uh, she wakes up in a loft with, again with no idea of where it is or how she got there. Yes. So she goes and starts doing some snooping around the apartment where she does find the first clue to the mystery of who she is. I, I'm not going to go any further than that. Um, but then she finds out also from an early morning newscast, she's in trouble. She's part of a police investigation for the events that have, that have happened, that have taken place, uh, that involves a missing doctor. 
she starts to freak out. She decides she needs to go for a walk after enjoying some wonderful blueberry coffee in the lot. <laughs> Dave's favorite coffee. Yes. Dave's favorite coffee. That's right. Uh, got into drinking blueberry coffee when I was there at the VAC it, in, in uh, Punta Gorda. And I can blame the operations manager there, Kim Phillips, for that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... She's she, at the riverfront. Again, she finds herself in the next set of bizarre events, circumstances, so bizarre, the fact that she begins to doubt her own sanity. Yes. So uh, that's the just the basic mystery of chapter one. All right. Now, in chapter two, there are new characters that, mm-hmm. that show up. Yes. Characters that kind of have me concerned... <laughs> and uh, we soon realize that she's much more than a young woman, just alone in an in a evacuated city. Uh, so what can you tell us about Chapter 2 without giving away too much information? Well, as you mentioned, Victor, Chapter 2 is the introduction of the next set of characters. These are the first set of antagonists that show up in the story where she finds herself in that next set of bizarre events going on as she's at the riverfront. Things really start to become surreal for her as uh, the environment around her starts changing, so to speak, so much so that she's even beginning to doubt what she's experiencing is real. And just to reinforce that belief, suddenly... Here comes this large monster that drops out of the sky. And at that moment, we learn something more about the main character's abilities, special abilities uh, that intertwines and interacts with this, uh, this new character. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail on that. I don't blame and, you. Uh, but I will say the monster is there because it believes that the young woman, the main character, is the key to unlocking uh, the mysteries of its past, this monster's past. And just as we start to get some of those answers of its past, we're introduced to the uh, next set of characters, which uh, is this mysterious armored figure up on the rooftop that has been watching everything going on. And just there at the end of chapter two, this armored figure introduces us to one more monstrous character that has just been teleported to the rooftop by this armored figure. And they're there because of Nikki. Right. All right. Well, Dave, before we go any further, Mm -hmm. we need to take a break. Yes, I I recognize that too. And then we'll be right back. Sounds good. All right. See you in another coffee. (laughs) Hi, I'm Lisa Wingate, author of Before We Were Yours. And today I've been enjoying Partnership with the Arts talk show. Okay, we're back. And we want to thank Lisa Wingate for that spot. Lisa is a New York Times bestseller for quite a while now with her novel, Before We Were Yours. She's a prolific writer with well over 30 novels to her credit. You can simply Google Lisa Wingate of Before We Were Yours 
and you'll surely find all of the wonderful work she's done. And I am talking with author Dave Bice, who has just released his first volume of Midpoint, The Gathering, mm. volume one. And we were just talking about uh, characters and we were talking about what happened in chapter one, two, and we left off on chapter three. And there's a very important part of chapter three, which is the midpoint that, that's in the title. Yes. Point three, one, five. Mm -hmm. so Dave, tell us about that. Right. Okay. So midpoint 315, dimension 315, which happens to be the dimension and the place we all call home. Yes. This is, this is dimension 315, is the epicenter of all known dimensions. It is the epicenter of all existence. They all converge here. So with that being said, and Nikki and the other characters being here, that is the basis for the title of Volume 1, The Gathering. Yes. Of course, the ramifications of that in the story will, will eventually come out. But uh, I think you can get an idea of all the other dimensions are all linked to this one center, epicenter. It'll, it'll play out with huge consequences uh, through, through the volumes. Yes, I'm sure. Yes. And in... In chapter three, oh, this chapter three is just packed full of interesting things. We have a being, he's a male. Dave, tell us about that. That's that's the next main character, which is the traveler. He yes. travels dimensions, uh, all of the dimensions, because again, this book is based on multi-dimensions. So the next character, Derek, the traveler, is introduced, and we, we get learn a little bit about him. He goes to the rescue for her. They end up together for a little time where he delivers that speech and we learn a whole lot about what's going on with her. Yes. And he says, this is a very important sentence. He says, I return for truly my mission affects the destiny of all existence. Yes. That's a whopper of a statement to make. <laughs> yeah, that we... Uh, we thought that it was a good lead-in uh, to introducing the character and setting up what's at stake, so to speak. Statement basically helps set the whole theme for the whole series. And of course, along the way, you learn more and more of what's going on and all the other characters involved in it. Wanted to make the book, Volume 1, a cliffhanger. You've got enough introduction to most of the characters uh, and it kind of helps set the stage for book two and book three. Oh, it's definitely a cliffhanger, yes. Because at in in chapter four, the, la the last chapter of the mm. book, we meet four other beings. Yes. And 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 in your graphic novel, you you illustrate them, then you turn the page, and it's like, oh wait a minute, we're coming to the cliffhanger. So we really don't know what, what these four characters are, are, are going to do, but they're called Vortex, mm -hmm. Commander, Trex, and Works. Yes. Do you want to yes. tell us about those characters? Okay. Yeah, those are, well, I won't say the, the last characters because there's one more introduced in the epilogue, but uh -huh. uh, that is the uh, four interdimensional Grangers from the Dimensional Command Corps. 
C-O-R-P-S. They come into the book. They're, of course, they're looking for Nikki also for their own reasons and their own agenda. Because we mentioned is the other title on the book uh, on the cover that says the Harbinger saga begins here. That plays through all three volumes. And of course, we find out who the Harbinger is in volume one and what that role and what that means that all implies and what's going to happen and what has been happening prior to volume one. Volume one helps set up the the whole spectrum of what's going to happen through the rest of the series. Yes. And we find out that she's the harbinger at the same time. She finds out that she's the harbinger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She had no idea. No, she had no idea. And uh, that also plays into the memory loss book two. We'll, we'll get into that quite a bit. It'll actually help explain all of the memory loss because it doesn't in volume one. Right. Uh, you just know that's that's another thing going on with her. And there is another person, like you said, that that shows up in the epilogue. Mm-hmm. And she she's referred to as the queen, the empress, the queen. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's the, the empress, the queen. Right. And, and by what she says, we realize that. She's been manipulating a lot of things so far in volume one. We don't, we don't know more than that because that's, that's going to come in volume two. And the book doesn't end after the epilogue. We continue with additional things that you added to the book. Right, right, right. Yeah, the, the book is actually a 110 pages total. And uh, it covers, uh, after the epilogue, we went ahead and added in uh, character profiles of all the characters with a little summary of them and a little little fact base sheet for each one of them. So you, you get a little more familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Certainly doesn't explain everything, but no. it gives you a good insight into each character, a little background that you didn't get in the story itself. Right. Uh, yeah, that was helpful to me to better right. understand the, the character, get right. to know them a little bit more. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it covers things that, that happen in the book, but it also gives you a little more information about each character and uh, helps sum up the book and the relationship. And it gives you a chance to really think about what you just read. Yes. Um, and a lot of the feedback that I have gotten with people that, that have the book is they've had plenty of aha moments. Yes, I, I went back through the book again the second time myself. And Okay. And I did have a couple of aha moments. How did I miss this? <laughs> so it's it's a it's a very it's a very well done graphic novel. Um, I'm I'm not an expert on graphic novels. Uh, truth be told, this is the first graphic novel I've ever read. Oh, okay, excellent. And, and I really didn't know what to expect because because my experience with this genre has always been the so-called comic books. Floor character, but that's that's Marvel, the Hulk. Okay, so you, you've you've read comics before. Oh yeah. Okay, well you know Victor, let me just clarify since you you brought that up. Sure. Uh, graphic novels basically tend to be much longer in length than a average comic book, which might stretch through a series over a number of years in in monthly segments to tell a single story arc. 
where again, a graphic novel is all self-contained and very long, like this one is 110 pages. Uh, and again, you know, comic books nowadays, they range from ones for kids to complete adult content. So there you go. I thought I would just, just clarify that. So now that begs me to ask you, <laughs> you a question. How did you get introduced to them? We, we had a lot of comics as a kid. We had a friend uh, who was a few years older than us. And whenever he was done with his comics, you know, he, he, he let us have them. Oh, so, awesome. So we were always looking forward to seeing our friend Billy because we knew we were going to get some comics or candy or both. Yeah. There you go. There right. you go. Yeah, my experience kind of the same way. All right. Except I had uh, I have four older brothers, so we got all of their comics, me and my younger brother. Mm -hmm. That's how I got in, introduced into comics. And, uh, and uh, my mom was an artist, so she would sit down with us and we'd draw characters out of the comic books. So, uh, so that was, that was a lot of fun. That's, that's how my love of comics started very, very young. And you were how old about that time? Oh, soon as, I mean, I was looking at comics before you could really read. I know that my brothers would read the comics to me and my younger brother. Oh, uh, that's nice. Yeah. And then, uh, then, you know, when it started reading, I, I have to say that I, I probably learned a lot of words. <laughs> From the comic books. <laughs> uh, and it was great, too, because my brothers would, uh, you know, they would just read the book to you. They did all the acting and all of the, the voices in different ways, different tones. So, you know, you got you got the full drama effect. <laughs> when, Excellent. When they read. Excellent. Yeah. And, and I got to say, truth be told, I read a comic book and when I see somebody's yelling or something i read it like that in my head you know mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes I'm, I'm i'm so into it that i'll i'll <laughs> you'll suddenly hear me saying comic book verses out as i'm reading the book out loud <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that except maybe if you're in a public bus or or train and, and this man sitting next to you is all of a sudden well, shouting out sentences <laughs> that's uh, that's happened. <laughs> I was in a library. <laughs> oh, and you're and shouting out the library. Oh, that's good. Yes. <laughs> Sir, could you please have your hallucinations outside? This is a library. <laughs> is everything okay over there, sir? And I said, yes, sorry, comic. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think she was really too surprised. I mean, I was, after all, sitting there in a Spider-Man shirt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Dave, there's after after we see the bios of all of the characters, mm -hmm. you take us a gallery of artwork. Yes. That, um, that, that I refer to as new and vintage. Mm -hmm. right. So some of this is stuff that, that the original ink drawings that that you did when when all of these ideas were coming right. into your head. Right. So you included them. Right. Sorry, I'm sipping my coffee. You included them in, in this in this book, and I, I think that that must have taken a lot of time to to get all of that stuff prepped uh, for the book. It did, and what you're referring to is some of the original ancient artwork pages, and I do say ancient because they're very old. And I decided to throw them in there because as I started the book, 
and we started the uh, Facebook page. I had a lot of requests for original artwork. And so uh, you could see how the characters changed from the original concept of that, like Nikki and, uh, and the Traveler. And then as the process went along, began adding new characters that weren't even in the original story. In fact, the story was quite different from what you, you have now. Right. Uh, so we thought it would be fun to add in some of that and explain the old story and where the characters went and actually ended up in the book. We, we referenced those in the story. So some of the artwork, original artwork, actually made it in into the book. So uh, I have a question for you about, and I'm, I'm asking this because I'm sure that there are some young people who are thinking, yeah, that might be a future for me. Mm-hmm. You know, a person who says, I, I, I love to draw uh, and I've got a flair for stories. How does that person take that interest and, and eventually wind up producing a comic book or, or a graphic novel? Well, again, it's a lot easier than it, than it used to be. When I was growing up, so many lifetimes ago, uh, when I was a child, there was only one school in the United States that taught comic book art, Joker in, in New Jersey. And my parents were not going to send me off to New Jersey to learn to be an artist. I had to get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, my parents would say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. so that was, that was pretty much it. If there was others, I, I'm not aware of it. Um, but now there's, there's universities that teach you how to create digital art for computer games. Complete universities teaches comic book art and digital art and gaming art and everything else. Those options were never available when I was growing up. So it's a lot easier. If you're not gonna go to university, then you would be following the path I followed. I did the artwork, I got the Photoshop, I learned the system. I had a great instructor, Ron Sanders. He was at the party, the birthday party. Yes, local artist, phenomenal Mm -hmm. artist. Yes, a phenomenal artist. He is a master artist. His artwork, you walk up and you go, wow, that's a nice photograph. And then you realize it's not a photograph, it's paint. It's a painting. Mm-hmm. But he got into digital art. Yep, yeah. yep. Our friend, uh, Catherine Lucas, is co-host on the show here for, for quite a while with me. Uh, she introduced me to Ron. I started talking to Ron and he said, sure, come on over. I did paint. Uh, I took the, the hand-drawn art scanned mm-hmm. it in and then we started working on it and coloring and I went through with him on learning the basics of Photoshop so that I could get it to the point where I was comfortable doing it on my own. You have a flair for using technology. You're, you're able to, you know, move in circles around me uh, when it comes to technology. I feel like I'm a Neanderthal man compared to you. So uh, it probably was... I, I understand because that's how I feel when I'm around my nieces and nephews. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, if I had a 10-year-old living in my house, maybe uh, they could all do it for me. I don't know. But All right, Dave, I have to interrupt just, just for a moment because it's time for us to take a little break and have a message. We'll be right back, folks. I'm Lori Potts with Lori Potts Art, and I listen to Where We Talk Art. We are back, and thank you to Lori Potts for that message. Lori Potts is a local artist, and you can find her work 
at her website. She is at lauriepottsart.com. And she does a variety of different types of arts. It's uh, oil paintings and it's alcohol inks. And she does uh, portraits and nature work, abstract. Go check it out. And yep. Dave, we're back to you. And uh, we were talking about some people wanting to get into the business. How do they do that? And you were, we were talking about that before we uh, went off to the break. Is there anything you want to, to add to that? Well, Victor, I would add to that stating that the media world and I do mean world, international world, is so intertwined today that, you know, you have movie industry making movies out of comic books, uh, graphic novels, uh, TV series, TV shows. So it's quite intertwined together. But there is a world of collaboration and network out there that you can find someone to do the book for you if you have an idea, if you're a writer and you need artists, vice versa. There's a lot of independent people out there that will collaborate with you to get your book done. The opportunity out there to create what you want and find someone to help you do it is is it's just a wonderful thing. If you don't want to do the whole thing, create everything in-house from the script to the final product. Uh, and, you know... Following the path that I did, uh, I'll be doing the same thing that many other artists have done, independent artists, to raise the funds to finish the next projects, which is, of course, online fundraising for the uh, book uh, to cover the cost. You go out there and you put your product out there. People, hopefully, will donate to your project, and uh, we'll be doing the same thing. We'll have different tier levels uh, because we'll also be offering different kinds of merc uh, for them for the different levels. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, and that and, uh, and, and, you know, the other stuff, shirts, hats, which when we do our fundraiser, depending on what level you donate to, depends on how many goodies you get. So that's a way for you to do it if you don't have the money to print the book yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's that's ways to do it. Now, it's not to say that it doesn't happen, that, that you can't create something on your own, which, knock on wood, I'm, I'm hoping that happens here, that, uh, <laughs> that uh, somebody loves the uh, book enough to what they want to pick up the line and carry it. Ooh, yes, that would be very nice. Right, so, so you know, there's, the, there's my plan to follow that. And it, it does happen. But like I said, if you're young or old like me, and you're starting out and you want to go that way, follow your dream. That's good advice, Dave. Yep. Follow your dream. Just remember you still have to have a, a real job. <laughs> anyway, that's the way to follow up on that. And again, if you're interested artwork-wise, you can go to our Facebook page. You can find me on Facebook. We have the Sci-Fi Verse Club out there. There's a lot of pages that we, we have out there besides the Partnership for the Arts uh, group right. page as well. Uh, we, we, we've been sticking with Facebook, uh, but Instagram and Facebook is intertwined now. So mm -hmm. so you didn't want to do a web page. You decided Facebook was the way to go. I concentrated the budget and the time and the resources to getting the book published and done. Mm -hmm. uh, now we'll be moving toward and spending the uh, the resources toward the uh, the next endeavors. Like that soundtrack everyone uh, has has heard. Yeah, uh, we we made that for the graphic novel. All right.
Speaking of which, I want to make sure to give a big shout out to Robin King. We contracted at East Wing Recording Studio of Atlanta. Uh, we gave him the ideas of what we wanted, and he went far and beyond what we ever expected. They're just absolutely fantastic tracks. Um, we had the theme for each character, but we we did all that for a reason. That's uh, that's part of another uh, pathway opportunity I'm looking at to be able to use that. Oh, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Looks like we're talking about maybe something other than print. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, I'm going to leave that as another mystery. All right. <laughs> <laughs> For another time. All right. Well, I, I'm looking at our clock, Dave, and we've, uh, we've been talking for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I, before we go, I want to make sure that, that you have an opportunity to uh, say whatever it is that you were hoping we would cover today. So is there something on your mind that you wish I had asked you? I just want to mention again, if you're interested in the book, you want to order a book, you can go to our Facebook page, Dimensions, the graphic novel, and you can leave a comment there. Let us know. We'll follow up with you on that pre-order. <laughs> just like that. Excellent. Check out Partnership for the Arts Group page. That is the uh, company I co-founded back in 94. It is a group of philanthropists that get together to help support the arts. We don't take money ourselves. So we, we've done a lot of that. Including recently, which is really kind of cool, uh, we've helped support several self-independent movies, I guess how you would put it. Hmm. Independent movies. Independent movies. Russell Emanuel, yes. director, director. We, we've, uh, yep. we've helped a, a couple of his movies. We've got our little spot coming up when, when the movie is released here. I think it's going to be 2023 before it actually the movie actually comes out. Uh, called Staycation. His big movie that made the break for him was The Occupants. It it opened up the world. It won hundreds of awards worldwide uh, in film festivals. So that was Excellent. the opening for him. He came back and asked us if we would help raise money for his next film that he is still in the process of filming. And in the meantime for that, he, he said... You raise, you guys help raise so much money, you can be in the movie. And Russ, I'm not going to be in the movie, but I will like would like to see some Merc in that movie. So, oh yes, there you cup, go. The partnership for the arts coffee cup is yes. going to be in there, and then uh, Mary and I did like a eight second skit where he's tuning the radio during the movie, and you hear us come on for a few seconds. So, oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's fun. I like it. That's fun stuff. So that's that's some of the stuff we've done. We have the Facebook page for artists where you can put your artwork up there and let people see it. You can sell it. We don't get a dime. That's, you do it completely off on your own there. And we do the same way with the uh, Sci-Fi-verse page for people that have got stuff they want to sell. That's very nice. That's been the other big blessing in life is, is that the uh, Partnership for the Arts Group um, work with some really good people. Excellent. It's a visual arts center. You know, it's another partnership. This is a great place. I, I certainly am proud to be a member of the Visual Arts Center here mm-hmm. in Punta Gorda. And I take classes here. Yes, you do. We have excellent teachers. And I've done silver jewelry, 
We've done watercolor. I'm going back to watercolor again. Charcoal. Charcoal. Oh yes, doing charcoal portraits. That was that was yes. a very challenging class. Yes. Which I want to say for anybody out there, by the way, I'm a big fan of Victor's art. I have several pieces, uh, prints of your artwork that you've done. The scratch board is just mind-boggling to me <laughs> uh, that you can do that. Uh, well, thanks for saying so. As, well, it's true. It's You're an incredible artist yourself and a, and a very good person. Thank you. I appreciate that. So there we go. That's it. Plug All right. for you at the end. <laughs> and a plug for you. All's well in the world. There you go. And again, Victor... It's great to have you on here. Hey, I'm a blessed man. Uh, thank you for asking. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave, we covered a lot of territory. Um, I'm sure we could talk for for at least another uh, 45 minutes to an hour about this uh, graphic novel. However, <laughs> we don't have that amount of time. So, Dave, I would want to thank you for being our guest again. We are excited to hear about Dimensions, Volume 1, Midpoint, The Gathering, otherwise known as The Harbinger, The Saga Begins Here. There we go. All right, Dave, great to have you. Victor, uh, thank you much. We'll see if we can get together again when Volume 2 comes out. Yeah, well, there'll be some things to come out before Volume 2. There'll be a, other books and artwork to fill in the gap between the two. So there'll be, uh, there'll be more material coming soon. Excellent. Dave, my friend, you have a great day. Great to talk to you. We'll stay in touch. Thank you, Victor. You're very welcome. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have been listening to Where We Talk Art, a podcast of Partnership for the Arts Group, recorded Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Be well. See y'all. Art power. <laughs> and Victor, don't forget to mention to Kim, I need some more blueberry <laughs> <laughs>